Hey everyone and welcome back to Books with Spice Please. I'm Al. And I'm Katie. And in this week's episode we're going to be discussing and reviewing After by Anna Todd. We picked this book because Katie absolutely loved it and she told me that I had to read it. And so I thought what better time to read it than for the podcast. I want to warn you guys though, after I read this book, we're going to be reading all of them on the podcast. I know that this book is controversial. Yeah, I also want to say I love this book, but in an ironic sort of way, in the same sense that I love Twilight. Like, this book is so bad, but I can't get enough of it. And like Twilight, I am not going to be ashamed of enjoying my time. Okay? No, it's fun. And this is all about having fun. So there's no shame in loving this book. I was ready for it to be a disaster. The only thing I had known about this book was that it was on Wattpad and it was a One Direction fanfic. And I don't know anything about One Direction. So I know they're all hotties. I love Harry. Low key love One Direction. <laughs> well, yeah, low key. Good for you. I don't know anything <laughs> about it. And I thought that the like reading this book and not knowing anything about One Direction, I wouldn't have known that it was a Wattpad book, honestly. I wouldn't have known that it was a One Direction book, unless somebody had told me. Because yeah. I still personally don't make the connection. I think maybe Harden appearance is kind of based off of Harry Styles, but with more piercings. Because I don't think Harry Styles has eyebrow piercing. Yeah, lip piercing and eyebrow piercing is what Harden's got. And no. And so what I had learned, so after reading this book, did a little, like, I wanted to see what other people had to say in their spoiler-free reviews. And they all talked about a punk version of Harry Styles and how that is, like, a genre of fic. Oh. Yeah. And so that's what technically Harden is. And they had said that, like, between the Wattpad fic and this book, the only difference is that they changed the names of the characters from the One Direction characters to the characters in the books that are now the characters. Okay, so that's very interesting. See, because I never looked into other people's reviews of this book or the history of One Direction fanfic. The only fanfic I've read is Dramini, forever and always. But I've not ever read any other fanfic. And so, I is this still up on Wattpad? I don't know, but I do know that it was uploaded like a chapter at a time, and that's why there's so many chapters. And that's why yeah. they're so back and forth. Have you read a fic on Wattpad before? I read some really dark smut in like sophomore year of high school on Wattpad, and it scared me, and I didn't <laughs> go back. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's fair. I yeah. don't think when I was in high school reading Jemani fanfic, I don't think I read any off of Wattpad. It was always like fanfic, adultfanfic.net, AO3. So I did read a couple Wattpad stories though last summer. No. Wow. Wow. Already the summer before last. Dang. When I was just slowly getting back into reading. Right. And that's where like some of this stuff with our podcast and stuff, I want to remind people that we're not well-read readers. Not yet. We're getting You're there. certainly 
Yeah, like you're certainly <laughs> way more well read than I am. But when I look at other reviewers on Bookstagram or Book Talk, they've read so many books and they have a reputation of being this like great reviewer. And I feel like I kind of worry about putting myself up against that. But I want to tell you that I loved reading this book and all of the feelings that it's giving me. It's like I have a hangover from this book and I yeah. took me so long to figure it out. But like it deserves its stars. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to have a longer talk with you about that at the end because I don't know. I'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Wapad Sensation. Get into it. Um. <laughs> Yeah, the physical book, this was my reread, and it's 607 pages. It's a really long one. It was like 16 hours on Audible. Yeah. It was long. It's longer than a book than than any book I've read in a while. I think this is going to be, I think this is closer than Hideaway, I think. This is like a, the longest book I think we've done on the podcast. Probably. It was so long. So this was a beefy boy. But that brings us into the trigger warnings for this book. We haven't gotten too far yet, but we do need to get our trigger warnings out because there are trigger warnings. You have to remember that our podcast is 18 plus, always and forever, headphones in, and our content warnings this week is that a toxic relationship, rape, alcoholism, and it's overall a very dramatic read. Okay, wait. Rape. His mom. Oh, yes. So rape happens off page. He does tell the story about a rape that had happened. He had witnessed. So spoiler there. But yeah. Yes. It doesn't go into too much graphic detail. Not in this book, but in the next book. Because I want to let you guys know we are reading the next book. I've already started it. It's happening on the podcast. In the next book, they do go into more detail about that situation. So if you hear the situation and you're uncomfortable, the next book, they talk about it in even more detail. And I think that that's important because it definitely took me off guard when I started listening to the second book and they talk about it more in more detail. I was like, oh, we're coming back to that. Okay. Yeah. And it makes sense, but it is, you know, a very uncomfortable situation mm-hmm. for me. I'm glad you brought that up again. So that brings us into our quick summary. This is the first in the series, so we will do a summary for this one, but just be warned, the next books in the series, we're just going to jump in. So be sure to read these books ahead of time and come join us for the dirty details and dive into the spice. So here we go. Tessa's a good girl with a sweet, reliable boyfriend back home. She's got direction, ambition, and a mother who's intent on keeping her that way. But she's barely moved into her freshman dorm when she runs into Harden with his tasseled brown hair, cocky British accent, and tattoos. Harden is cute and different from what she's used to, but he's also rude, to the point of cruelty, even. For all his attitude, Tessa should hate Harden, and she does, until she finds herself alone with him in his room. Something about his dark mood grabs her, and when they kiss, it ignites within her a passion she's never known before. He'll call her beautiful, then insist he isn't the one for her and disappear again and again. Despite the reckless way he treats her, Tessa's compelled to dig deeper and find the real Harden beneath all of his lies. He pushes her away again and again, yet every time she pushes back, he only pulls her in deeper. 
Tessa already has the perfect boyfriend, so why is she trying so hard to overcome her own hurt, pride, and hardened prejudice about nice girls like her? Unless, could this be love? (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. It could be love. It could be. From now on. Spoiler warning! (laughs) (laughs) We did tell you to put your headphones in, but be careful. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I'm excited tonight. (laughs) We've been really amping up to talk about this book. Okay. So, yeah. To be fair, we've been trying to get this episode recorded for days now. (laughs) Days. And we're finally making it happen. You want to tell us some about the characters? Yes. We've got Tessa. She's a good girl. She has a lot of pressure from her mom to be perfect. She doesn't have the perfect childhood that her mom wanted her to have, but she's trying to make up for it and making her daughter into perfection. So Tessa's got a lot of stress on that. And then you've got Hardin, who is tattooed, piercings, skinny jeans, wears nothing but black and white, and... is a bad boy. A very bad boy. He does not date. He lives in the frat house that has parties two or three times a week. And he's got a bad attitude. But you've also got Noah, who is the good boyfriend that takes care of Tessa. Who has taken care of Tessa since she was a child. He's a good boy. He's a wonderful boy. He's and kind he's of like a grandpa. No, he's not. Because Harden <laughs> called him grandpa that one time. Yeah. You Harden can't take Harden's right. side on Noah. <laughs> you can't ever take Harden's side with Noah. Noah is a perfect little bean. I don't know about that. He's never done anything wrong. We'll ever. about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I you're right. But whatever. He's boring. <laughs> Landon is kind of like Noah. He's a lot like Tess and Noah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I really liked Landon. He is Tessa's friend at school, one of her new friends at college. Tessa's in her first year of college, BT-dub. And then you've got the crew. Zed, Nate, Molly, Tristan, Steph, all of those. Steph is Tessa's roommate. It's a lot of people, but they don't really matter. The only one that we really care about is Molly. She's gross. Yeah, Steph, Nate, Molly, and Tristan, they're like their own little group with Harden. They're like Harden's friends. But Steph is the nicer one and actually tries to befriend Tessa. Molly's kind of a skank. I guess if we're going to slut shame, we're going to slut shame Molly. She's just rude. I don't want to slut shame Molly. She's rude. I don't want to slut shame Molly either. I want to call it out on the slut shaming. Okay. Slut shaming is gross. I don't appreciate it, but I don't like Molly's attitude. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to slut shame her. Like if we want to. And she likes to try to brag about all the sex she has with Harden. Yeah, like, I get if you want to brag, I'm a bragging lady too, but, like, you don't brag to the person you know is going to hurt their feelings. That's, like, rude. That's rude. That's what I'm saying. She's rude. And then Zed is also in their friend group, but he kind of plays a bigger role than the rest. I love Zed, honestly. I really didn't have any too big thoughts about Zed. He was fine. He's nice. Yeah. You'll see him more in the next book. And I think that kind of covers it for other characters. Yeah. It's a long book. It is a long book. 
You ready to dive into it? Yes. Start us off, babe. This book starts with Tessa's mom and her boyfriend Noah dropping her off at college. Her boyfriend Noah is a year younger than her, so he is not going with her to college. So she's kind of going by herself and she's really nervous. But she's super excited to start this new part of her life because her mom has really set her up to go to college. Like, this is like the next step, right? Mm -hmm. And so they get to her dorm and her mom is like shocked by her new roommate. Like, this is not going to plan already. Her new roommate is Steph and her friends come in and they are like, the exact opposite. So when Tess is described, she's described with like skirts that are longer than her knees and like cardigans and stuff, you know? But these guys, they've got dark clothes on, tattoos, piercings, long hair, crazy colored hair. I think Steph has like, Molly has pink hair, right? Yeah, she has like pink or red hair. I can't remember. But yeah, it's so funny. Like, the different names that her mother calls these groups of people like those goths or those freaks <laughs> yeah they've really got a look and her mom is shook by her roommate and her friends and this is when we meet Harden, but we don't learn his name yet he doesn't introduce himself and this is how he's described his hair is a mop of Thick waves on his head, pushed back off his forehead, and he has metal in his eyebrow and lip. And it's just like really kind of a negative experience. Tessa's got a lot of pressure to have this opinion of these people, as because her mom is so judgy. And that's when she first meets them, is when her mom is there. Right. Tessa's not as uptight about who her new roommates are, not nearly as much as her mom. Like she doesn't. She just wants her mom to relax. She got her to chill and told her that she was fine and she doesn't end up switching rooms which is good because that was ridiculous that was way over the top yeah her mom was like we should get you a new room now and she was like that would be super awkward mom yeah seriously and then the first major thing that happens in this book is the party so, Steph convinces Tessa to go to a frat party with her, and she doesn't fit in, and everyone's drinking. It is not her scene at all. I can't remember either if this was something that Tessa had expected or not, or what she thought she was getting herself into. At one point, she's trying to find a bathroom because a drink spilled on her, but instead, she walks in on Molly straddling Harden in his room. She just wants to leave after that. Because Molly was being rude. And yeah, that's awkward, you know? <laughs> so she wants to leave. No one can take her home. Because everyone's been drinking. And she finally is able to find that bathroom. To just kind of clean herself up. And then she finds an empty bedroom to hang out in. She's only in peace for a few minutes. When Hardin comes in. And demands to know what she's doing in his room. And makes her leave. But beforehand, she noticed the collection of classics that Hardin had on his bookshelf. And she can't help but think there's no way a rude, disrespectful, tattooed jerk like Hardin could possibly enjoy these amazing works. <laughs> so she does have a little bit of that, like, judginess in her. But she's young, you know. We all have those predisposed thoughts of other people. 
especially when we're younger and don't know any better. But anyway, she retreats to the bathroom again and calls Noah, telling him that she went to the party and has to get off the phone kind of quickly after she had called because there's a knock on the door. And it is Harden. He wanted to tell her that there was a room down the hall that he put stuff in and that she could crash in. And then I quote, my thoughts are all over the place as I fall asleep and images of clouded roses and angry green eyes follow through my dreams. And then it goes into her first day of classes. And this is when she meets Landon. Landon is a sweetie. He's in a couple of her classes, which is really nice. He's in more than one. But in her second class, she also has Harden in her class. He goes over to Tessa after class is over and tells her that she would find the lamest kid in class to befriend. And they walk in the same direction for a bit. And he shouts at her to stop staring at him. Yeah, he just, like, starts walking off in a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> it was really weird. I don't know. That part was really weird. Like, like, that got me the first time, too, when I was reading it. And then rereading it, I was like, what the fuck? Like, He's what? just being problematic to be problematic. Very um, dramatic. <laughs> Later in the week, they begin discussing Pride and Prejudice in class. And Hardin and Tessa argue about Mr. Darcy. And she says that Hardin just can't understand his appeal. And Hardin says, a man who is rude and intolerable being made into a romantic hero, it's ridiculous. If Elizabeth had any sense, she would have told him to fuck off. The irony. Right. <laughs> How would he take it if Tessa had just told him to fuck off? Like, he would not. He would have got He would not have fucked off. He would have been impressed, probably. He probably would have started a lot better. He would have been probably mad. But he No, would've... I think he would have laughed. Because <laughs> he thinks mm-hmm. that Tessa's just this goody two-shoes, and he would have been like... I think it would have intrigued him a little bit more, maybe. I don't know. Ooh, yeah, if she had more of a backbone. That's something that I had uh, heard a lot of people talk about. Like They didn't like how many times that they fight back and forth. They wish oh that Tessa God. had got more of a backbone early on. And I... Yes agree with that and and when as we go through it I think we'll see that but I also want to like like Harden is not an easy guy to understand no he's not but at the same time it doesn't really excuse his behavior no and Tessa's not really easy to understand either like he has to beg her to even talk to him when they're having like sex and stuff so it goes back and forth they're so young (laughs) yeah so the next major event is party number two on weekend number two. Steph convinces Tessa to attend yet another party that weekend. And she tells Noah only to find out that he told her mom about the first one. And like, what a weird relationship that <laughs> Noah and her mother have. First of all, like, I don't know. They're too close. Like, ugh, I don't know. It's not like in a weird, gross way. But like, why? Why would you have contact with your child's teenage significant other? You know? I don't know. I honestly thought it was kind of in a sick way for a while. It's weird. It's weird. It's really, really weird. And I know the relationship between those two isn't like, there's nothing like sexual obviously going on between the mom. But it's kind of, it's pretty inappropriate, I think. Like, it's weird. Yeah. Like, 
I can't, I don't think it's normal. It's not normal, right? For teenage couples to be close with their significant other parents like that. They text them. I don't know. I don't think that's normal either. And I, I think it's kind of a special circumstance because of what we learn about Tessa's dad and her relationship with Noah and his central, I mean, Noah is kind of the only other guy that's been a constant in Tessa's mom's life after, like, their her dad left. Okay, that's true, and that's really weird. I don't want to think about this anymore. Exactly. Like, when okay. I was reading it, it felt kind of sick. Like, that's a good point, and I hate it. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> at this party, we find out that Harden doesn't date. <laughs> he only fucks. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they start lying to her there. Okay? Yeah. Zed asks Tessa if she's a virgin, and she is. Shut so it. Molly dares Harden to take his shirt off and leave it off the rest of the game. I wanted to include that because this whole truth or dare thing cracks me up. It's so. I don't know. I've never played truth or dare drinking before. Right? I've never played Truth or Dare outside of middle school. Even, like, at that age, we didn't play Truth or Dare. I don't think we hung out. <laughs> I don't, you are I already mean, like, across the country having babies at this age. <laughs> right? But exactly. I didn't hang out with anybody at this age. I went, yeah, I went through, like, a crazy phase where I was drinking way too much with people much older than me for a couple of years. I know. Every time you tell me that, it's so shocking. Because, actually, come to think about it, I think they were my the age I am now, a little older. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. I was a cool 19-year-old, I guess. Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, that's interesting. Anyway, so, yeah. We didn't play games like this. I don't know. I feel like we were playing games like this in middle school. Like, is that really what they're doing in college? Like, I kind of feel like I missed out. We go buy helium balloons so we can talk in funny voices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were children. Play through their day like this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we took pickle shots until people puke. Oh my god, we did. <laughs> I didn't do that. I watched you, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah, this is just very juvenile. But <laughs> <laughs> so it's Tessa's turn. She picks Dare, and she's there to take a shot of vodka. She hadn't drank before, so it starts her drinking journey off that night. And Harden seems kinda mad for some reason that she took the dare. And he tells her that she's had enough. <laughs> I don't know, that's not what and Molly dares Harden to kiss Tessa, and she freaks out and leaves the game. <sighs> so she goes outside to call Noah, and he can tell that she's drunk. So she hangs up the phone and turns it off. Scandal. I thought this was so funny. That's not the first time she just turns off the phone. She's in Harden's room again, and he finds her. And is like, why are you in my room again? And they yell at each other. She asks him why he doesn't like her. He says she's too uptight. And he thinks she's just grown up in some perfect home. 
and has been handed everything in her life. But she corrects him and tells him that her alcoholic father left when she was 10. So after their little fight, she turns to leave and he asks her if she always cries at parties. <laughs> That's why I said I was the only parties you're at, Harden. And then he starts to be a little bit nice, a little bit decent. He offers her a drink from his cup, and we find out that he doesn't drink alcohol, so it's just water. They start talking nicely one to one another for a moment, and she notices his cute dimples before he's a dick again, and she leaves. <laughs> After she's been a dick and she left Harden, she goes back downstairs and she's laughing with Zed, Tristan, and Zed wraps his arm around her and Harden sees it and he's like, oh, so you like Zed now, huh? And she finds a room to sleep in to get away from everybody because they're so fucking annoying. And there's a drunk guy sleeping in there and she figures that this guy is asleep. He's going to be out for the night. And she locks herself in this room with this guy and goes to sleep. And she gets woken up by this guy trying to assault her. And she is able to run out of the room and goes straight to Harden's room and is banging on his door. It was kind of a, like, you know what's going to happen when she falls asleep in the room. Like, you don't know, but you know it's an option, you know? Yeah, because you don't want to lock yourself in a room with some random dude you don't know at a party when you've been drinking. Not good. Yeah, even if you haven't been drinking, I would not be locking myself in a room that I don't know. True. You know? Exactly. So, I was concerned, and so our concerns come to life, and we're lucky that Hardin wakes up from her banging on the door, and he comforts her and is really kind to her in one of the first moments that he's actually nice to her. And I have to say, I like Hardin more than Miles from Ugly Love. This whole time, I kept thinking to myself, is Hardin nice to Tessa? Like, yes. I think Hardin is nice to Tessa more than Miles was nice to Sydney. This or whatever. is a very very bold statement that you have made and I'm I'm just kind of shocked okay I'm processing it yeah I thought about it the whole time I was reading it wow you think that okay so I'm gonna unpack this for a second you think Harden is nicer to Tessa with all that you know now than Miles was I think so. What? Harden spends the whole book telling her how much he cares about her. And Miles I... spends the whole book falling in love with oh, Rachel and denying all of his feelings. But, okay, but Harden also is horrible to Tessa. Maybe more than he is nice to her. And he, as we will find out, did something absolutely unforgivably horrible to her like horrible yes but i would argue that miles was just never nice no he wasn't nice he was nice he might not have been emotionally available and might have been a little bit 
Like, he was nice. I don't think he was nice. He stuck up for her. Oh, my God, babe. He stuck up for her and defended her and gave her his apartment to study in. No, he told her to go over there. He didn't stick up for her and give her his apartment. He said, go to my apartment and study. Okay, but that guy was being a creep. No, he wasn't. He was lightly flirting with her, and then Miles overstepped and was like, you can't even be around this guy because he's flirting with you. She didn't want to be around that guy. Okay, but she could have gone to her room. Instead, he just told her to leave. That guy could have been messing with her still. She would have gone to her room. Okay, but what if that guy was still bothering her there? There was all those other guys there. He wasn't going to follow her into her room. I don't know. I think it was kind of Miles to offer his apartment. I think he offered her. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Miles didn't say mean things about Tate. He wasn't mean to her verbally. Like, yeah, he was mean in the sense that he was denying his feelings, but people do that all the time. Fuck, that's not an excuse. But, like, he wasn't verbally mean, calling her names, putting her down. I feel like Harden was trying so hard to love Tessa. But so was Miles. But Miles You think Harden didn't deny deny his feelings for Tessa for the longest time? He did. And that's why? He did deny his feelings, but he also would, like, admit it. And then, I just feel like from Tessa's point of view, I understood that she knew that he had feelings for her the whole time. And with Miles, you don't know that he has feelings for you the whole time. No, 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 no. You just feel used by Miles the whole time. No, listen. You knew he had feelings that he couldn't admit out loud to Tate the whole time and you didn't know exactly why but you knew it was because he had been hurt before by some Rachel. Okay but I didn't get that from him at all because he was just falling in love with Rachel the whole time. So what the fuck is his problem with Tate that he can't fall in love with her? Like I get it. I get it but like in the book context we didn't get his point of view until it was the disaster point and he had to come up and redeem himself. You never get Harden's point of view. You don't, but you hear more from Harden than you do from Miles. <sighs> okay, you know what? I'm going to just respectfully disagree <laughs> with you. <laughs> well, I'm glad we had such a good discussion about it because I've been thinking about it all week. Wow. I'm. We're going to have to continue this. I'd like to continue <laughs> this at another time. <laughs> Onwards. Anyways, what happened next? This is, like, the first time that Hardin's actually nice to her, and he tells her that she shouldn't know what to expect at a party like that, and that, you know, it's not her fault that this has happened. He says, it's not your fault he did that. You aren't used to this type of situation. His voice is kind and totally the opposite of his usual tone. And it's like, when you get woken up in the middle of the night, you're not happy about that shit. But he understood that that was a serious situation. And that she was scared and she was inexperienced and he was always there for her through all of the inexperience that she had. So that's just the start of her being able to trust him. You're a hardened apologist. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, don't get me wrong. I like him too, but good lord. <laughs> 
she starts crying and he wipes her tear away from her cheeks with his thumb and says, I hadn't noticed how gray your eyes are. And she has to lean in closer to hear him, of course. And it's a tense moment. My conscience looses and I crash my lips against his, catching him totally off guard. So she's the first one to kiss him. Like she knows his feelings and his energy. He's being nice. Being nice doesn't mean you like someone. (laughs) Kissy time quote, so... Yes. I feel every swipe and lick his tongue makes. We can't, I say, even though I really want to keep kissing him. I know I can't. So he pulls away and she's so sorry when he asks what for and she says kissing him, he replies with, it was just a kiss. People kiss all the time. How nice is he now, Al? He's right. People do just kiss all the time. But you know what? It was more than just a kiss, was it not? Mm-mm. It wasn't. It, no. No, no. You don't think so? No. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Tessa needs to calm down. No, I would be able to see that was me. Like, that's exactly how I reacted to any sign of affection from a boy in high school. Yeah, I took everything more than what it was. <sighs> stupid. Anyway. It's not stupid, but it I is feel- like people kiss, and <sighs> when you kiss the first time, no. or the first couple people you kiss, it is kind of a big deal because you don't have a lot of experience. And Tessa so- doesn't have a lot of experience, and you know what? It should be a big deal. You don't just randomly kiss people that you don't like. Okay, that's not true either. That should be true. (laughs) (laughs) But I agree that, like, Harden knew from that night that she was a virgin. So he should have been a little more sensitive to her in that moment. Like, But at the same time, he also knows that she has a boyfriend. And she's the one that kissed him. So, like, what is he supposed to do? I don't know. I mean, push her away if he doesn't like her. Okay, but kiss well, I mean, like, push them away. I feel like you kiss somebody. Are they making out, or is it a kiss? Is a kiss like two or three kisses, or is it one kiss, or is making out two or three kisses? <laughs> is she? Does she like kiss him once and then he like pulls back? You know, and their kiss is over because it's not like he's pushing her away in that kiss. There was tongue. Okay, so then it's more than one kiss. It is kissing. Maybe that's the word. They were kissing, yeah. Walking lips. I never thought about kissing like that. And over again. I've always thought about kiss or make out. Peck. Little peck. Kiss. Peck. Little peck. Kissing. Peck. A peck. I feel like there's a tier of the different kinds of kisses. Like, you've got the peck, and then you've got the kiss. Like, do you know what I mean? And then kissing, and then making out. And though, so you say kissing, is that like your French kisses? That's kissing with the tongue? Yeah. And then making out would be like including your hands. Yeah. I think so. And like, for a longer period of time. Okay, anyway. After that, I think you would be escalating to just dry humping. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Tessa doesn't accept his offer of staying for the night. And she leaves and walks to the dorm from the frat house. So it takes her a while. I think she doesn't quite know the directions yet either, does she? 
No, she uses her phone to get the directions back, and it takes her like two hours to walk back to her apartment. She did her... stop at Seven Eleven. Yeah. Coffee. When she opens the door, Hardin is there, sitting in her bed, and he had been driving around looking for her for hours. And shortly after that, her mother starts banging on the door, and much to Tessa's dismay, Hardin won't hide in the closet. <laughs> That's her first instinct when her mom comes to her dorm room and she's in college. It's so cute. It is cute. I would have been embarrassed, too. <laughs> he sticks up for Tessa, though, and tells her mom he just got there and that Tessa wasn't doing anything wrong. Hardin leaves after that, and Tessa's mom and Noah take her to breakfast. Tessa tells Noah not to tell her mom everything anymore, like he's her little brother or something, and he agrees. So Noah is super sweet. He's just trying really hard to figure out what their new normal is. He's not used to Tessa being away or like making these types of decisions that are a little bit more reckless than who she normally is. Who she had been before. Yeah, when she'd still been in high school living with her mom. Yeah, she's got new opportunities now, and she can't let Noah hold her back. But he is really nice. Should have broken up. It's sad, though. It is sad. Breakfast time with Noah is over, and Tessa has time to reflect about her feelings for Noah and Harden, because she had just kissed Harden that night before. And thoughts of Harden are just consuming her while she's at the mall with Noah and her mom. And she feels so bad for cheating on Noah because they've grown up together and he's comforted her so much through her dad's alcoholism and they had a secret spot together in a greenhouse at her house when they were kids. She grew up going to that secret spot with Noah whenever her dad would drink. And they have a really long, sweet history of just being there for each other. I mean, and you know that she's a virgin and they've been together for eight years. No, 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 no. They'd only been dating together for like two, one or two years, I think. Yeah, but they didn't date anyone else before that. No, they didn't. And they were best friends. So they weren't dating, though, before. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been friends for that long. Yeah, and so that's why I'm saying, like, they're virgins. I feel like if you've been, if you were started dating your best friend after six years of knowing each other, like, of being friends, I feel like you would have had sex. Like, it's oh, kind of yeah. weird they didn't have sex. For sure, especially as teenagers. Come on. Yeah, I was a little shook that they did not have sex. Yeah. So, That's like, fair. and they had their secret spot in the greenhouse. Like, they just have this history of being there together. And I felt like this kind of almost like a brother relationship. But she loved him. And I don't know. Like, it was like, it's not, she. he's not her brother. But it was, they were there for each other. I think we discovered too later on in the book that she realizes that she felt like she had to love him more than just a friend and be in a relationship with him because of like the pressure her mom put her in and just like the type of boy that Noah is. But she's interrupted in her reflection time thinking about Hardin and Noah by a knock on her dorm room door. And guess who it is? It's Hardin, of course. It's Harden. He's being an ordinary jerk and observes that Tessa likes to have everything in control and she likes to have her things in place. And he starts messing around with her notes for school, which is very important to her, and throws them all over the place for no reason except for to laugh at her, which is one thing that really pissed me off about Harden is how much he just would laugh at her. 
Yeah, see? He was mean. He's laughing at her. I don't know if that's mean. It but is he, mean. It would piss me off, that's for sure. Yeah, you don't laugh at people when you're not... They're not in on the joke, you know? He's just, like, messing up her stuff and laughing at her. And it was like, what? Very childish. Mm-hmm. And Tessa pushes him, and they end up kissing again. And it goes, all I want to focus on is the way he presses his body against mine. When he lets go of my wrists, pinning me to the wall, and the way his mouth tastes like mint again. His long fingers dig into my skin, but the pain is wonderful. My body begins gently rocking back and forth on his lap, and his grip tightens. And he takes her shirt off and says, You're so fucking sexy, Tess. And I was like, oh my god. Okay, I do think the way his voice is, like, portrayed, like, he has that, like, deeper, sexy voice. And it's British in the audiobook. Yes. Yes. It's so He's British. I, I was like, God, like, I was like, okay, so what? He, like, fucked her papers up? Like, okay. And then he laughed at her? Like, that's annoying that he didn't hurt anybody. And then they got to kiss. And he said nice things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't this know. This is so funny. So funny to me because you were so against, like, Zodiac Academy and those <laughs> boys bullying her. Well, I can't wait to get back into that book. Yeah, let's go to the then. Yeah, their the makeout session comes to an end, and it's because Steph walked in on them. Steph tells Tessa, I quote, you can learn a lot from Harden, you know, sexually. And then Tessa tells her and confides that she didn't know what she would do about cheating on Noah. And she proceeds to warn Tessa to be careful because she thinks he could be dangerous for her. Right. So her te- her friend Steph is, like, so neutral to the point that it's exhausting. Yeah. You think so? I think so. Because she- in this one fucking quote, she says, you could learn a lot from Harden. And then she's like, but don't. Like, okay, what? I don't know. I feel like it's just like, yeah, just be careful. Maybe don't, don't- do it. The way that she described it was, like, Tessa was talking to Steph about how she was worried about Noah and cheating on Noah and how she felt terrible and she didn't like Harden because Harden was kind of mean. And Steph was like, but you could learn a lot sexually from Harden. And then Tessa was like, oh, Noah, Noah. And then she was like, well, you got to be careful. And it was just like, what? Like, it was just so hot and cold immediately about Harden with Steph. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I I see where you're coming from now. I don't know. It didn't really bug me. I always felt like she had been a part of that friend group longer and so they're like her loyalty and then she's in the spot of liking tessa but also i totally get it like steph is first and foremost harden's friend over tessa at this point yeah so i get it but it was just kind of frustrating because she has that stance throughout and then at the end when you find out what happens i really wish she would have just fucking had the balls to say something yeah that's true i was always a little weirded out about that but i don't know anyway now we have a date day with Harden. Say it ain't so. But tell us about <laughs> Yeah. Harden invites Tessa to hang out with him, and she's a little not sure about it, but he, like, gets snappy over something small and takes it back after he gets mad at Landon for telling Tessa about their parents. Because Landon and Harden's parents, dad and mom, are dating, and Harden has a soft spot about his dad that we learn about later. It's pretty intense. But... After they get in their fight, which is after he had invited her out and, like, taken it back, right? 
He's like, I want to hang out with you. And then he's like, no, I don't want to hang out anymore. And so Tessa goes back to her dorm after class and sees Steph, Zed, Tristan, and Harden at her dorm room a little bit later. And Zed invites Tessa to the movies with, to go with them to the movies. But Harden says, oh, wait, no, Tessa and I already have plans. And Tessa's like, wait, what? I was pretty sure we didn't have plans because you got mad at me and took it back. But Harden's like, no, we definitely have plans. That's everything's fine. Right. <laughs> That's his fucking cool high card. And Harden tells her that he doesn't think Zed has the best intentions, which is fucking dumb because he's been so rude to her on and off throughout this whole time. And then we'll learn just how fucking hypocritical he is later. Ugh. Ugh. So he takes her to one of his favorite places, and it turns out to be a spot by a river, which is so freaking cute. It's like every little teenage dream. You go to the river or the beach with your little boo thing, and you wear like barely anything, and you're like, right? I don't know. <laughs> you're so- okay. <laughs> Please. I love this part. She tells him, I'm not going swimming in my underwear, you creep. But he tells her that if she comes in the water, he will answer one question that she asks. So she does. And he gives her his shirt to wear in the water. She asks him who he loves most in the world, and he answers himself. They actually have fun together, and they end up messing around with a splashing game, and he picks her up and throws her in the water. They laugh, and they have a really good time, and she ends up accidentally wrapping her legs around him, and he lets out a shocked gasp, and she (laughs) wraps his arms around his neck. (laughs) Oh my gosh! (laughs) They're getting closer. And then things get sensual. He says to her, these lips, the things you could do with them, he says slowly, seductively. I feel that burn deep in my stomach that makes me putty in his arms. Do you want me to stop? He looks into my eyes. His pupils are so dilated that there is only a slight ring around the now dark green of his eyes. He says, I want to make you moan my name, Tessa, over and over again. Please let me. His voice is full of desperation. He tells her not to cover up in front of him. She's so self-conscious because of all the girls that he's been with, but he says that none of them were ever like her. And the quote is, I can't believe no one has fucked you before. He begins to trail his fingers down her chest and hooks them under her panties. And he asks her if it feels better when she does it herself. But she's never masturbated before, which had me shook. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, it's fine. Everybody discovers their body at different ages. It's never the same. Some Mm -hmm. people do it really little. Some people do it older. And we talked about that last week in Sinner, too. Yeah, this is the same thing. Two virgins in a row, I guess. Yeah, but our other girl has been masturbating for a while. That's true. See, that's the difference. And both are fine. Exactly. So it's really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, that's right, Tessa, come for me, which makes me feel like I am spiraling out of control. Look at me, baby, he purrs. And after he's done fingering her, he reassures her that he doesn't want anything in return and that just because they left right away doesn't mean that he's using her. And he offers to take her to dinner and they grab a bite of dinner together. And I thought that was really sweet because 
he doesn't want anything from her. He didn't. He's falling in love with her, and you can tell, and that's all matters. Yeah, it is cute. I don't know. It's kind of cute. So they get to the parking lot, and he pulls her onto his lap, and they start making out, and she realizes that she loves making him moan, but their time is interrupted once more by Noah calling Tessa, and before she leaves the car, she mentions that she needs to talk to Noah about her and Harden. And he tells her not to break up with Noah for him, and he reminds her that he doesn't date. Remember, guys, he only fucks a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so she leaves feeling that the afternoon was all just an act that he could get into her pants. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> the foreshadowing. Come on. Harden! And this is the part where. Harden has a breakdown, and Tessa comes to the rescue. So, to avoid going to the third party in a row on the weekend, Tessa, in desperation, calls Noah and has him come visit her so she doesn't go to the party, right? Noah's the perfect party killer. So... (laughs) (laughs) He's so boring. (laughs) She, of course, doesn't tell Noah about... Harden or breaks up with him or has any kind of conversation with Noah about any of that shit. And she is just doing her best to avoid the frat house and Harden at all costs over the weekend. She even has Noah drive all the way there. It's like a two or three hour drive to where she's at. And he like leaves school in the middle of the day to come be with her. Okay. Like, and he's a goody two shoes kind of boy. He doesn't just do shit like that. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so bad. It's so bad. And he shouldn't have been allowed to. Mm-mm. I know. He's trying so hard to be there for her. He, like, doesn't even know what he's doing. And, like, what? Like, he leaves to go fucking spend the night in a goddamn hotel, Noah? Noah. Yes. Yeah, right? What the fuck? <laughs> I can't. Okay. And, and so Tessa is spending this time with Noah and... She gets a freaking call from Landon, and he says that he needs help with Harden. So Tessa leaves Noah in her dorm room so she can go help Harden. Because the last time that she spent with Harden was, you know, so fucking magical when she felt like she had been used. But we know that she wasn't being used, and she needs to get the fuck over herself. But at the same time, Harden knew that she was a virgin. And he needs to be nice. And he was being super nice. He just wasn't promising the feelings that she was already feeling. Anyway, she's going to go fucking help somehow. I don't get it, but she goes. And (laughs) Harden's dad had just told him that he and Landon's mother, Karen, are getting married. And they're leaving for a weekend getaway. So he leaves, and Harden fucking freaks out. That's why he has called Tessa to come help him. And Harden tells Tessa, you don't know him. He doesn't give a shit about me. And then proceeds to open up about his childhood and that his father was a drunk growing up and abandoned him when he was 10 and that his mom is still living in the old crappy house he had growing up in. He was only there because his mom insisted that he move closer to his dad to get to know his dad more. But Harden had been drinking and we know that Harden doesn't really drink that much. So it's kind of a big deal when he drinks. But by the end of the fucking book, you're like, this guy's fucking drinking again. Like, I literally don't care. So... He's drinking (laughs) for, like, the first time, and it's kind of a big deal. Yes. Um, It is. Yeah. And I try to use that to excuse his behavior. He says things like, you're so pathetic. 
don't you see I don't want you here? And she leaves him be and goes to help Landon clean up the house because Harden had made a huge fucking mess smashing up all of Karen's china dishes, which is super rude. Yeah, Harden. Okay. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. He's just a huge-ass band, baby, throwing a tantrum. I mean, he really is. It's pathetic. One of the most pathetic things I've ever seen. Did you see it or did you read it? Huh. Well, I had to see it to read it, right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that was fucking quick. Tessa cuts herself on a piece of glass and Harding comes in all concerned and fixes her up. And it gives Katie some pretty Twilight vibes, which I totally it get. did. So this part reminds me of Twilight and then the beginning, like the prologue. If you read the prologue, it gave me Twilight vibes. I didn't mention that, though, in the beginning here. I didn't feel like it was necessary to add, but it sounds just like Bella does. We love Bella. We do love Bella. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Love that, just like I love this. Mm-hmm. Edward is better than Harvin. Oh, fuck. Edward is, like, top-tier book boyfriend material. He's such a good stalker. He is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My first stalker romance. <sighs> yeah, so... He apologized to her, they sort of talk, and then argue, as they do constantly in this book. And she has a breakdown, she says she doesn't even know why she's there, and she's so pathetic, and she's ranting on and on and on. But, I quote, I'm cut off by his lips against mine. I push at his chest to stop him, but he doesn't budge. Every part of me wants to kiss him back, but I stop myself. I feel his tongue trying to pry its way in between my lips, and his strong arms wrap around me, pulling me closer to him, despite my attempts to push him away. It's no use. He is stronger than me. Harden says, please just kiss me. I need you. His words unravel me. This indecent, drunken, terrible man just said he needs me and somehow it sounds like poetry to my ears could Harden possibly need me the way i desperately need him i doubt it but for now i want to pretend that he does so dramatic so dramatic she agrees to spend the night with him and doesn't even reach out to noah no, he was just left in her dorm room stranded. He has a car, so he's not stranded. Oh, that's... No, she took his car, remember? You're right, he was she stranded. She had to take his car. That's so right. he was stranded. He couldn't even go to his hotel room. No, what if <laughs> Steph showed up? <laughs> he wouldn't be able to sleep alone with Steph in the room. No. <laughs> <sighs> Poor Noah. I'm pretty sure she rubs his dick through his underwear that night. Is that the night? I think it could be. Like, I they make out. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. She, like, makes him come through his underwear, and he's like, nobody's ever done that before. Yeah, that was, like, a first or something for him. <laughs> so Tessa gets one of his firsts, which I feel like is noteworthy. That is noteworthy. Okay. Yes. She gets one of his firsts, which is an accomplishment, because <laughs> it's he's not had so many, <laughs> so much experience. It is, like, special that she gets that. Okay. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of a accomplishment. Anyway, um, the next morning she goes back to her dorm before Harden even wakes up and is talking to Noah when Harden storms in. Harden forces Tessa to tell Noah about what they had been doing. Noah leaves. Harden says, 
I quote, if you go after him, I'm done. And Tesla responds, done? Done with what? Fucking with my emotions? I hate you. He tells Tessa he made her tell Noah because he would have wanted to know if it were him. Death shows up and kicks Harden out for her. And Harden swears that if Tessa doesn't stay away from him, the next time he saw her, he'd, I quote, ruin her. Like, what the f- Who says stuff like that? He's just a dick. And like, honestly. And then another week goes by and instead of going to another party, she stays in and watches rom-coms and studies. Tessa and Noah reconciles at this point and Harden shows up, a quote, drunk. He convinces her to let him watch the vow with her because he can't drive home drunk. And Al, isn't that your, like, one of your favorite movies? You talk about that a lot. I love that movie. I don't think I've seen that one. The vow is Channing Tatum, and she, like, forgets her memory, and he has to, like, try to make her fall in love with him again. Isn't that Fifty First Dates with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore? No. Very different movie. Oh, okay. That's a similar concept, though. He okay. meets He meets a girl. Love that movie. That's one of my all-time favorites, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. He meets a, <laughs> he meets a girl that already has uh, memory issues. And okay. gets her to fall in love with him, even with her memory retention problems. And in The Vow, they fall in love, get married, have a life, and then she loses her memory in an accident or something. Wow. Oh and my god. Okay. I need to watch this. I have it. You, we have to watch it. It's so good. It's okay. so, so good. Hardin worms his way into bed next to her, and they start another movie. He falls asleep and she moves over to Steph's bed and she realizes that she's spent the night with Harden a couple of times now and she's never spent a night with Noah. Harden's phone wakes her up in the middle of the night and he uses that time to tell her that he sleeps better with her around. He asks her if she missed him this week and she surprises him by answering his question and saying yes. And then he asks her to sleep in the bed next to him. And he tells her that he missed her too, but okay, <laughs> it's yes. kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet. Yes, it is. It's super sweet. I want to cuddle my husband and sleep. Our kids have been in our bed for a while. Like we haven't been able to cuddle and fall asleep in a long time. Aww. And this moment's so tender. I like it a lot. Yeah. I love sleeping and cuddling. I don't know. It just is a really sweet thing to me. It's such a tender moment. I love it. I don't know. It is. They're falling in love. They are. It's so young. And ugh. So Tessa and Harden spend the day together. And it goes really well, mostly. Tessa lets him tag along to find a car. And he really wants to come so that he can show her that it would be nice and they could have fun together. This is the moment that she is admitting to herself that she has feelings and wants more from him. But remember, Harden doesn't date. He fucks. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so the interactions just are super cute and he calls her cute. <laughs> and they make fun of each other and it's just really sweet. Finally. Like, we needed that nice sweet day and cuteness again after the drama with Noah. But Tessa isn't successful in finding a car that day, but they end their day getting froyo. And 
that's when things kind of go downhill. They run into Harden's dad and it gets awkward for him. He invites them to dinner and Harden declines, but Tessa interjects and says that she would love to and that she's also Landon's friend, which this part pissed me off. Tessa pissed me off so much at this part because she had absolutely no right to interfere like she did. After Ken leaves, Harden storms away and is pissed. She says maybe she should ask Zed to join her if he isn't going to go, but she's going to go with her without him. Like, what the? She had no right. She was invited, and she's friends with Landon. No, she wasn't invited. He was directing that to Harden. That was a question that Harden's dad asked them, and they were invited as a couple of anything. Not separately. That's fair. I could see that. Yeah. But still, it didn't do any harm to say, oh, I'm also friends with Landon, and I bet Landon will to see me tonight. And She could have phrased it that way first. Yeah. Should have, I don't know. She was being bratty. She was being obnoxious and like, ugh. Like, I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way. They fight it out. He gets over it. And she goes to her dorm to get ready for dinner. A few minutes after she's arrived back in her dorm, he bursts in and asks if he can drive her to his dad's this evening for dinner. Like, he just doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and needs to make up his mind about what he's doing. So Steph comments about how nervous he seemed and wanted to know what Tessa had done to him. I love this because this just is the beginning of him always coming back. Which yeah. is so toxic. Yeah, he changes his mind just like that. Like, it's ridiculous. And when he doesn't come back, he is swirly miss. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I know, that's why I was like, finally they have a nice time together because it's been like a week since they had last spoken and he showed up at her dorm. Yeah. So, yeah. Then they go to dinner. They do. And dinner doesn't go very well, and Harden predictably storms off, but Tessa follows him into the backyard instead of letting him go out there by himself, and they start yelling at each other again like normal, and before you know it, his lips are crashing down on hers, and Landon catches them making out. They go back to dinner and hold hands under the table until Ken, Harden's dad, tells Tessa that he can help get her an interview with a publishing house that's close-ish to campus. And then Hardin storms off to his room again. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so, like, Tessa wants to be, like, a book editor, basically. So getting a internship for an interview at a publishing house is a big deal. Like, when yeah. you're in college, you get internships, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is a stepping in the right direction. And when Hardin storms off, Tessa follows him up to his room and she asks if she should ask for Steph to pick her up. And he's like, what? Why would Steph pick you up? Like, no. And he admits that he wanted to be the one to help her get the interview because he also has connections to the publishing house. And it just shows how sweet he is wanting to do stuff for her, but he doesn't know how to say it. And he says to her, I want you more than I have ever wanted anyone or anything in my life. And she tells him to kiss her. And he asks her what she wants to do. And she says, anything. And she really meant it. Consequences be damned. Fuck no, right? 
pretty much. Who's Noah? <laughs> I I only know a guy named Harden. Yeah, that's all I know. So Harden goes down on her, and we've got some sexy time quotes. Start us off, Katie. I'm going to make you feel so good, he mutters against my stomach. My pulse is thumbing through my ears, and I temporarily forget we're in the house with other people. Spread your legs, baby, he whispers, and I oblige. I feel Harden's finger rubbing along with his tongue's crest, and the burn begins to build in my stomach. I feel the cool metal of his lip ring, which adds a different texture and temperature to the sensation. My legs stiffen, and I mutter his name repeatedly while I come undone. Yeah, and then we stay the night there at Harden's parents' house in separate rooms initially, but she woke up to him screaming in his sleep. He was having nightmares, so she goes in to wake him and spends the rest of the night in bed with him. Yeah, I was like, yep, nightmares. Check it off the list. Another one of the faves. <laughs> I can't think of too many books personally with that trope. I've got a few. Accords of Thorns and Roses, obviously. Oh, okay. Got nightmares. There's Waking Olivia's Got Nightmares. I can't think of another one, though. Off the top of my head. Anyways, it's confrontation time, ladies and gents. Noah is at the door when Tessa gets back because he was worried and hadn't heard from her all night. She's in Harden's clothes when she arrives, and Harden shows up quickly after Tessa does. Noah grabs Tessa's wrist to turn her toward him, and Harden is like, Don't touch her! And Noah calls him a prick and tells him that he can touch his girlfriend any way he wants. I was like, oh my god, Noah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, really, Noah? Because you haven't really actually touched her before. I don't know. Like, do you want to touch your girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you don't want to. Anyway. So, Harden tells Tessa that he isn't leaving this time, and after some back and forth, she tells Noah that he should leave, and that is the end of Tessa and Noah. And Noah is so fucking sad, but he loves her, and he was never really mad at her, just sad. And, yeah. So, after she tells Harden to kiss her, and she thinks to herself, I somehow know it is the calm before the storm, but right now, Harden is my anger. I just pray that he doesn't pull me under. That's such a dramatic thought. <laughs> the metaphors I don't know. Yeah. That's another Twilight, like, word, phrase. I don't oh, well. know. I Twilight again. It's very face collide. Yes. It Can't is. stay away. Yeah, so she's spends the night with Harden at his fraternity house that night, and he really opens up to her and tells her about his childhood and how his mom taught him how to ride a bike because his father was at the bar. Most of the time, growing up, that's where his dad was. He spent most of his time reading as a child and tells her about the fights that his parents would get into and how he got kicked out of secondary school for fighting and how he got his fat first tattoo at eight sixteen, et cetera, et cetera. And it was a really just a really special moment for those two, I think. Yeah. And I'm guessing that we learn more about Harden's backstory in the next books. Because this is just about as much as you get from him almost. Almost. There's one other key detail, but you do get more for sure in the next book, I think. 
The next morning, she lets him sleep and goes to shower and stuff and gets back into the bedroom. And he chides her for not waking him up and for walking around the frat house without a bra on. And then they have another good heavy makeout session that turns into Harden going down on her and fingering her again. And here is some more spicy quotes, my spicy babes. I know this wasn't on the schedule for me this morning, but I can't think of a better way to start my day. I can't decide if his hand or his sucking feels better, but the combination is mind-blowing. Within seconds, I feel that burn in the pit of my stomach, and he pumps his finger faster. I'm gonna try two, okay? He says, and I moan in approval. The feeling is strange and a little uncomfortable, like the first time he slipped his one finger inside me. But when he places his lips back on me and sucks again, I forget about the subtle pain. Shit, you're so tight, baby. I moan his name and pull his hair as I experience my strongest orgasm ever. So we're going to jump forward a little bit into the future. Some time has passed. Harden is at a party at the frat house that he didn't tell Tessa about. And Landon convinces her to show up because she and Harden are sort of dating. She has every right to. So she shows up and sees Molly sitting on Harden's lap. It's terrible. Yes. It is horrible. I hate Molly, but I also think that the slut shaming in this book was super cringy. Okay, yeah, you're right. It was. I'm really glad you caught on. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was kind of hard to read. Like, it would make me cringe, or I would literally laugh out loud when she would call Molly skanky. I was just like, okay, but you're also falling all over Harden, so check yourself. (laughs) She's not being so obvious about it. And you know what? This moment, she and Harden are supposed to be like a thing. So she had every right to be disgusting. But Molly doesn't know that her and Harden are a thing. Fucking true. Fuck Harden. Okay. But also, (sighs) Molly is in on the details. Yeah, she fucking is. Fuck Molly, too. Fuck them all. It's disgusting. It's absolutely horrid. So Hardin notices that Tessa's there when he hears Zed call her name and offer her a drink that she accepts. His eyes look onto her immediately and she sees his head snap her way. And she thinks to herself when she sees Zed a little bit later when they're talking more, I hadn't really noticed before, but jeez, he is really hot. Really hot. And then another... Game of truth or dare holds. Molly dares Tessa to kiss Zed. And Hardin is like, we already know how she feels about kissing people. Pick something else. And Tessa interjects and says, it's fine. And if you remember, she denied kissing Hardin when she was dared last time. So he's like so fucking jealous. I actually didn't even think about that. I thought it was like, oh, well, apparently we're not dating. So it's fine if I kiss this person. And she had already started kissing other boys and gotten that part out of her system. What's the difference of kissing Zed, you know? Exactly. It's the double standard because he should be just fine with her kissing Zed if it's just kissing, right? Yeah. Yeah. But also, he's super fucking jealous. And yes, Tessa wants to make him jealous with Zed because Molly is all over him. Like, there's so much happening. It's so fucking dramatic. It is. And it she really just- is. She just admitted how hot Zed is. So, honestly, good for her because Zed sounded like a fucking treat. (laughs) He did. 
Uh, yeah, he did. I like said a lot. You want to read us the quotes from that moment? His lips are cold from his drink, and I can taste the sweetness of the cherry juice on his tongue. I feel the heat rising in my stomach. Not nearly as hot as hot as with Harden, but it feels so good that when Zed's hands move to my waist, we both move up to our knees. Okay. Damn. She said kiss, not fuck in front of everyone. That's what Harden says. And Molly then tells him to shut up. <laughs> and then Zed is dared to take Tessa upstairs for ten minutes. He just wants to talk to her because she's drunk. And I really loved that Zed and most of the guys in the book were pretty good about the boundaries of drinking. Like, even Harden was pretty good about if she was drinking, they weren't really going to do anything. Except for, like, the really obvious creeps in the story. So, it was really cute that he just takes her upstairs and they just talk. And she thinks to herself, Zed is so charming. I find myself staring into his caramel eyes. His eyelashes are fuller than mine. And back downstairs, Harden looks straight at Tess and dares Molly to kiss him. Which is completely fucking different because Tessa was dared by somebody else to kiss somebody else. She didn't dare someone to kiss her. It was completely different. It was not the same at all. Yeah. And the quote is, How could he be so cruel? I run down the stairs on the sidewalk. I have to get away from here. I wish I had never met him. I wish I had a different roommate. I even wish I had never come to WCU. And Hardin chases her out of the house to ask if Zed had said something to her. Because that's what he's fucking worried about. And he tries apologizing, but she tells him to go to hell and slaps him. And he fucking deserves it. It's not okay. She shouldn't have slapped him. But also, sometimes people just need to be slapped. (laughs) (laughs) But domestic violence is wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Don't hit your partner. Okay. (laughs) But this is a fake book. and It's a fake book. Harden deserved it. Okay? Anyway, they start yelling again. And he tells her that she's overreacting. Like, what the no she has every right to be upset he starts laughing at her when he, he realizes laughing at her again again because he realizes that she thought that she was his girlfriend everybody thought that bitch landon comes to pick her up and then when she starts walking towards the car he yells i love you to tessa it's true i do i know you won't believe me but i do i love you his eyes brim with tears his lips press in a hard line and he covers his face with his hands she gets into the car with landon and hardened bangs on the window as they drive away and i like was it even raining i think it is in the book i don't know I don't remember that detail in the book, but I think in the movie, there's a scene like this where it's raining. It's like super dramatic. Everyone yeah. from the party like even came up to watch. Yeah. So Landon took them back to his place at Harden's dad's house and she spends the night in Harden's bed in his room there. She wakes up to see him staring at her. His eyes are red. He just looks a wreck. He tells her he doesn't love her and that he was just adding to the drama of the whole thing. And he said... She just made herself an easy target. That's why he did it. He's a nasty boy. He is nasty. He's so bad. But we move on and Tessa goes on a date. Date with Zed. It was really cute. They see a cheesy comedy and they poke fun at the movie the (laughs) whole time and have a really great time together. And instead of giving her a goodnight kiss, he takes her by the hand and kisses her hand instead. She is super relieved because she had no idea what she was going to do if he tried to kiss her. 
she just is so inexperienced but she had a really great time then we get some more arguing between tessa and harnan he tries to apologize to tessa for his bullshit and she doesn't accept it and she decides to go to the bonfire with Zed. Like, there was this bonfire that she had originally invited Noah to, and, like, the bonfire's not cool or whatever, so no one's going. But she decides to go with Zed, and he's willing to go with her. Yeah. There, Hardin brings another girl, and Tessa thinks it's his date. So, afterwards, Tessa goes with Zed to his house from the bonfire to avoid Hardin. Zed tells her that the girl that he brought was actually seeing another girl. So she realized that it wasn't a date after all. She kisses Zed and says, Harden. And Zed is like, what? And she realizes at that moment, Harden loves me. In his own damaged way, he does love me. The realization hits me like a truck. So she goes straight to Harden and asks if he loves her. And they bicker. It escalates. She says, or more like screams, I guess it's described in the book. No, I keep coming around because I love you. She thinks to herself, he doesn't think I could love him. I have no explanation except that I just do. He drives me crazy, makes me angrier than I have ever been. But somehow I fell for him hard. And he asks her if he remembers her question that day at the river about who he loves most in the world. I quote, it's you. You're the person that I love most in the world. Like that was one of the stupidest, cheesiest lines I've ever read. Gotta say. I like that it tied back to an earlier part in the book, though. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It was so cheesy. I think it was just so cheesy. Anyway, he goes on to say, I quote, I'm done with the games. I just want you. I want to be with you in a relationship. You'll have to teach me what the hell that even means, of course. And then we're going to fast forward a little bit. Harden is busy, so Tessa goes out to eat by herself at a restaurant and runs into Zed. They chat for just a few minutes before Harden walks in with some friends. and. Tessa panics because Hardin had said he was busy and didn't tell her where he was. And decides to get her food to go so she can let him be because he said that he would go hang out with her when he was done doing whatever he was doing. Oh. So she was like making herself Okay. So yeah, he does make a point to ask what she and Zed had talked about, which is kind of random and weird. And whether she met him there. I don't know. It was weird. But then when they get back to her dorm... Guess who's there? It's her mom. Tessa and her mom get into it, and it's ugly. She's pissed that she broke up with Noah and that she's seeing Harden. So she tells Tessa that she didn't think she'd be so quick to open her legs for Harden. Like, what the fuck? She's supposed to be her mom. I know. You don't, what the fuck? But Harden steps in between them at that point and tells Tessa's mom that she's taking it too far. And a moment later, Tessa's mom finally leaves. This is when Hardin suggests that they move in together and they get their own apartment. He's a quick mover once he's in a relationship, I guess. Yeah, he's like, all right, next step, let's go. (laughs) You're already sleeping every single night next to me in bed. We might as well just live together. Right. (laughs) It doesn't matter that we've been dating a week. No. It had maybe been like two or three weeks though, right? It was not that long. I think three weeks is pushing it. But yeah, we're at another spicy scene. It's Tessa's first day going to work at Vance Publishing for her internship. And she gets very nervous and Hardin just wants to take five minutes to calm her down before she leaves. They're in front of a mirror and he tells her he wants her to watch. Look how beautiful you are, he whispers against my skin. That's it, baby, he coos and tightens his grip around me, holding me as my vision blurs and I love his name. 
her first day at Vance goes really well, and she loves her job. However, their first time having sex is now upon us. And I'm pretty sure they're in her dorm. Yeah, they are. He makes sure multiple times that she's okay and makes sure that she knows that she can tell him if it hurts. And he enters her really slowly and asks her if she's okay again. The quotes go, I nod and he moves farther into me. I wince at the pension feeling deep inside. It's just as bad as everyone says, if not worse. Well, oh God, he moans and rolls his head back. I love you. I love you so much, Tess. I would take this pain over and over to be able to feel this deep-seated connection to Harden that takes me somewhere I never knew existed. I can tell that it's taking everything in him to control himself to keep the slow pace for me, and I love him all the more for it. Harden's eyes never leave mine as he comes. Promises of forever and unconditional love are made as he tenses and gently falls onto me. I felt like this moment was like, way more for Harden than it was for Tessa. She was in pain and that was just really unfortunate. It doesn't have to be painful. No. And she was like watching him having this amazing experience deflowering her. Yeah. He didn't exactly have a very good experience. I know. I don't know. I think you're right though. I think it low-key did mean more for Harden in a sense. But our next major event of the book happens quickly. Tessa agrees to move in with Harden, and then she goes to Harden's frat house to spend the night with him there. But there's a party going on when they get there. A guy named Jason's in attendance, and he's someone Harden does not want Tessa around at all. He makes her promise to stay in his room while he hangs out for a little bit at Jason's insistence. Apparently, this guy's like someone you just cannot say no to. Like, he will not let you say no. So. Even Harden's kind of freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. He's very freaked out. So he makes her promise to stay in his room while he hangs out for a little bit with his friends because they're, like, insisting. He cannot say no to this guy. But it doesn't take too long before Tessa cannot resist herself, and she has to go downstairs to see what's happening at the party. She's worried that Molly would be there, and she doesn't trust Harden with her, which I totally understand, and I wanted her to go be nosy. Yeah, me too, because that's ridiculous. Yeah. They end up in the backyard playing a game called Suck and Blow, and it's where someone has a piece of paper in their mouth, and they have to pass it to the person next to them with just their mouth by using the airflow of your mouths on the paper. Okay, I, I didn't know this was a real game. Yeah, and if the paper falls, you have to kiss. And Tessa, so Jace threatens to go get other girls from the house to play the game. Yes. And Tessa wonder, like, is, like, scared that they could make Molly come play. So she doesn't want to be around Molly, so she volunteers, which pisses Harden off because he's like, I'm not going to play the game. And he's like, oh, she doesn't drink and she's not playing games. She's got work tomorrow. She's not going to be doing anything. But then she volunteers to play the game and he's like, what the fuck? You know? Like, she really kind of stepped out of the zone there. Like, she should have just stayed by Harden and shown her straight front with him. Like, if she's going to go be with him, she needs to do everything he says. Like, I, it's not, okay. What? (laughs) What? It would have been more supportive because she knew she was, he was so uncomfortable with the Jace guy. 
if she, she had has just the trust tip to do that. I know, but listen, I wish that she had just told him, like, oh, I'm really tired. Can we just go upstairs now? And, like, they had just leaned on each other to give each other the bullshit excuses for this Jace guy. But instead, she perks up and she, I, I don't want to be around Molly, so I'm going to play this game. And it pisses Harden off when she's playing the game. The guy that's next to her named Dan lets the paper fall. And he kisses Tessa, and Harden loses his shit and pummels the dude. And Tessa gets Zed to t- stop the fight because no one else is going to stop the fight. And she no. was like super scared that Harden was going to kill this guy. Oh, they kept making comments like, "Oh yeah, long time coming." Like, I like there was something that previously happened between Dan and Harden, but yeah. They go back up to Harden's room and he tells her that she needs to leave and he is super freaking pissed off that she didn't listen to him. But he calms down and they have sex, of course. And this might be the steamiest scene in the book because they're officially having makeup sex for the first time. Yep, makeup sex is hot. You know what they say. He fingers her first and he won't let her come unless she says that she'll listen to him. And then she obliges only because she wants that orgasm and he calls her a good girl and says, open your eyes. I want to watch what only I can do to you. And Tessa takes a page out of Hardin Scott's book and grasps his cock and says, apologize and I will give you what you want. And he does. Yeah. (laughs) So... She's on top writing him for the first time, and he says, you are everything to me. I can't lose you. So cute. <laughs> he's like, get out of my house. And then he's like, don't leave. Yeah, right? It's like, well, he's ballsy. Oh, so dramatic. Let's <laughs> <sighs> move in day, and Tessa discovers that he never got rid of her bloody sheets like he was supposed to when she lost her virginity. But other than that, Everything goes well and normal for the two of them, and they officially live together. We're going to wrap up the end of the book here quickly to get us to our gut-wrenching ending here. Harden goes out one night and gets super drunk. Like, he is gone about 24 hours without Tessa hearing from him, and he comes home drunk. They fight and make up. She still doesn't know what he did, but he tells her about why he has nightmares. And they promise to talk more about where he was later because their talk was pretty emotional enough. So the whole reason that Hardin has nightmares is because when he was little, some guys that were looking for his dad, his dad owed these guys money, came to his house and his dad was gone drinking. And so these guys beat up his mom who started screaming and when he came out of his room he saw them and tried to stop them but he had to watch them all rape her yeah he was really little i can't remember exactly what age yeah and so he has nightmares of trying to fight the guys off of his mom yeah and there was a long time that he slept on the couch at his mom's house because he figured if anyone came into the house they would see him first i know it was like i think he can't be more than 10 like 10 or 11 i feel like was the age this happened yeah his dad left them when he was 10 okay so maybe it was around nine even because i think his dad and mom were still together when this happened 
They were. And it was after that that his dad left. Yeah. But anyway, there's another confrontation with Tessa's mother because she found out Harden had paid off her dorm costs and yells at Tessa, calling her a whore, and then slaps her. So Harden proceeds to tell her to get the fuck out of their house or he'll call the police. After that, they go to his parents' wedding and on the way they see Zed at the gas station looking beat to shit, like he's black and blue. She connects the dots. Harden had beat him up that night that he was out drunk and not contacting Tessa at all. So the wedding was wonderful. They sneak away, have a cookie to distract Harden from family, and then they go home after the wedding. It's actually a really sweet part of the book. I was dreading finishing the happy bit because I knew how awful the ending was going to be. Since this was my second time reading it, I like knew it was coming soon. But Yeah, the end of this book, or like all the way at the end now, it's the longest episode yet. Holy shit, I think it's been about two hours. Yeah, it's over two hours that we've been talking. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see this ending coming. Like Katie had said, no. like, I had known that it was going to be awful. And the wedding was so good that I was like, finally, we're somewhere good. I knew there was... A- I'm so awful. It's so awful. Hardin still hadn't told Tessa why he had beat Zed up or where he was the other night. So she goes out to do some investigating of her own, and she decides to start by looking for Steph in her old dorm room. But, of course, Steph isn't there. She almost never is. So Tessa drives around thinking about how it was kind of silly that she was doing this, but she was, like, really needing answers. And she sees Nate's car in the parking lot of a restaurant that she had gone to with them before, and she's lucky to find Steph with him. She discovers that Hardin had lied to them and told his friends that she had switched dorms. So she tells them the truth, that she and Hardin had moved in together into an apartment. Then, of course, on cue, enters Molly, Hardin, and Jace. Steph tells Molly that Hardin and Tessa moved in together. Molly looks at Arden and says, You're really taking this whole thing a little far, aren't you? I don't know why Molly thinks that Hardin likes her nasty ass more than she likes Tessa anyway. Because, like, Molly's fine. She's fine. She can and probably has fucked almost everybody. And that's fine. But I don't know why she thinks it's cool and funny to lord it over Tessa. Like, she knows. You know what I mean? She just judges Tessa purely on the fact that she's not experienced and too goody of a two-shoes. I think that she thinks that she's better than Tessa because she has more experience. That's the way to put it, yes. And I think that that's just so rude. It is. I'm sorry, like, there's nothing wrong with not having as much experience. Nope. Molly is problematic, but it's not because she's a woman flaunting herself. Right. It's like she thinks that she's better than Tessa. But she's not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I don't think that they're just purely fighting over Hardin. There's like an alpha girl thing. I think you're right. And then it's revealed that all along there was a bet between Hardin and Zed to see who could fuck Tessa, the uptight virgin, first. Ever since that night of truth or dare when she revealed she was a virgin and refused to kiss Hardin. To make matters worse, it was Hardin's idea to begin with. He had saved her bloody sheets to show as proof, even told them all about their times together. 
The night he showed up drunk at her room was apparently also a lie, and he was sober, like he had that whole bit planned already. So he tells her he did it because she was there and it was a challenge. He didn't know her and didn't know he would fall in love with her, and he thought it would be easy. That's why he did it. And then he apparently, at some point in the line, obviously started to regret it, but did he stop? No, he didn't stop. And I think that line, like, you realized that he liked Tessa, loved her, well before they had sex for the first time, you know? There's no reason he could have not gone through with the bet. Exactly. She storms out and runs into Zed, who takes her away in his car, and she tells him to tell her everything as they drive off. And he says, okay. And that's and it. That's, that's the end of the book. That's the beginning of the series. And there we are. So, Al, do you think Harden is a book boyfriend, garbage can husband? He's a garbage can. He's trash. He's absolute trash, yes. We agree. We agree. <laughs> Harden is trash. I like Harden more than Miles, but Miles was also trash. So Yeah, he absolutely was. He's absolutely trash. He's disgusting. So now let's talk about SPICE. Our oh. SPICE acronym is S for sexual attention, P for penis and pussy, I for intercourse, C for communication, and E for erotic, kink, and tropes. S is for sexual attention. Yes. How do we think the tension was here? I think it was really good. It was good. She was like so amped up every time. Mm-hmm. It felt like fire. And like then burn. Yeah. So penis pussy. I can't really rate this one. There was not much description there. Yeah, I think there wasn't a huge amount of description of their genitals in this story. So that just leads us to I intercourse. There was okay. the fingering and the going down on her. There's that one scene too about he taught her how to give a blowjob. Yeah, she, like, sucks in her cheeks. Yeah. Like, they mentioned that a couple times. There's also that scene, the office scene, where he visits her at work and he bends her over the desk and fucks her. Yeah, that was nice. It was, like, almost her, wasn't it, like, her first or second day? Yeah, it was really soon after she started. She started definitely getting much braver with the heartache. Yeah, he was, like, jealous of her co-worker, like, immediately. Oh, yeah, that's right. Trevor. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that was silly. And then they have sex, descriptive sex a few times, but there's a couple fade to black. Yeah, I think, honestly, there's like three times that I can think of that they actually have sex. Yeah. Pentatrative sex. I mean, they um, are, have once they move in together, they are having more sex. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's like the fade to black moments. Yeah. I think. So... Then we're into C, which is communication. Their communication is absolutely dreadful. It's horrible. But what about during sex? There was that one time where he was, like, trying to get her to tell him what she wanted. And she, like, shut down. And she, like, got really upset. And she was like, you pushed too hard. And he was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, they don't have a very good communication he doesn't really pay attention to body language, which is a form of communication, like communicating with her body and stuff. 
Yeah. I think he's trying really hard, though, to, like, get her out of her shell. Mm -hmm. In those instances. Yeah, that's true. So, it was really sweet. But they spent so much of their time yelling. They did. They really did. Communication gets a zero. Are you, so, are you rating every single one with, like, a number? No, I mean, just kind of sometimes. Not anything official. Sometimes it's poor, sometimes it's great, or it's, like, a number. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, we're a really mood kind of rating system. We really are. Yeah. Because I was just thinking that we would just kind of discuss them, and then at the end I would be like, oh, I think after we talked about it, it'd be this. But I love that you're kind of just, like, spitting out random numbers. You're gonna confuse confuse everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And then that brings us to E for erotic this book wasn't erotic and nor was it kinky no but i think one of the tropes that i've recently learned about because of this book is the good girl bad guy trope but that's not a kink but it's a trope i yeah okay that's what this is for sure for sure (laughs) i've found a couple like series that's toxic and i okay so yes punk 57 is a bully romance there are things kind of toxic also Zodiac Academy, bitch. Ugh, we're gonna get there. You have to make me read that one just like we had to read this one. Well, we're gonna read it on the podcast, so yes. Yes. Anyway. Any more tropes or kinks or anything? No. Honestly, this pretty vanilla. Yeah. He praised her a couple times, but, you know, called her a good girl. He did do some low-key praising, and honestly, it helps with his attitude. It does. It softens him a little bit. He needs to be softened. And I don't know if toxic relationships are a trope or whatever, but... Okay, that reminds me of the book Wild and Bright by Skylar Mason. It was so good. Their love, toxic. Ooh, okay. I saw that you said that was really good. And I read A Rockstar Romance not too long ago, and it was so good that I'm a little nervous to start another one. Like Reverse Harem or Rockstar Romance? A Rockstar Romance. Oh, you you might like you might like Wild and Bright. I think you would. It's it's really good. She's yeah. a single mom. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And then yeah, I think that kind of covers it. How what did you write the peppers? I think this would be a two and a half pepper, maybe. Yeah, three. that's what I was thinking too. It's not quite a three. There's lots and lots of play to black, and like everything's kind of repetitive. It's not really in depth or with the details of what's going on. You know, it happens very quickly too. Yeah. So like with Sinner, I felt like our sex scenes dragged on pages, and these ones only last a couple paragraphs. Yeah. So two and a half is, I think, is good because I thought about it and I I wanted to go three, but I feel like it's not that spicy no it's not it's pretty vanilla not really spice you know it's yeah. sweet ish i guess i don't know what did you review this book in stars i give it three stars oh okay yeah if you want to take it seriously and review it seriously i would also give it three stars but if we were talking about ironic if we were talking about if i was going to read it again i would read it again and it, that makes it a five-star book for me i think Okay. I've been trying really hard to figure out what a five-star book for me is, and I keep going back to my favorites from when I was a kid that are, like, iconic, and 
as an adult, I'm trying to like find these books and these stories that like really are sticking out to me. And I kind of want to save my five stars for books that I think I would read again. Okay. And I think I would read this again. Honestly, I only read it again for this podcast. Otherwise, I would have been fine not. I kind of want to get the book and read it. Like, read it, read it. Yeah. You should. That's like Twilight for me. See? Yeah. So you, you rated it five stars? I did. All right. Well, that wraps us up. Yeah. Thanks for listening. You can join us next Tuesday when we read Sweet Liar by Laureline Page. We are live on Instagram for Friday Night Spice, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, every Friday when we talk about this week's podcast with you all. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and do all the engagement things, talking with y'all, and seeing what you think about these books and topics is why we are here. And don't forget, you can also find us on TikTok, Facebook, anywhere you can find podcasts, the WeTube, and YouTube. See you next week. Until then, stay stay spicy. spicy.